Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for December 14th. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF 21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, all forms of social media. I'm there, guys. Posting shit, trying to help you guys out, share a little wealth, share a little knowledge. Plus, I offer my betting service. Packages are available daily, weekly, weekend, monthly, seasonal. Whatever you guys want, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you guys try to make some money in these tough times. But unfortunately for me and my guys, it was a tough day yesterday. As always, Monday's Reaction Monday episode. I'm just going to be going through these games real quickly, letting you guys know my thoughts, where I stand, all that good jazz. First game is Green Bay 31, Lions 24. Here's the thing, guys. If a team, even the Jets, get crucial calls... At crucial times, they all win the game. And that's what happened here. To start the second half, Lions forced a three and out. Two minutes after the play was ruled incomplete, a magical flag appeared. And they called holding on the Lions. There was no replay. Nothing. There was no replay at all. At all. No replay. No ruling who the alleged hold was on that extended the Packers draft. Packers went down and scored. Then, later on in the game, Marvin Jones completed a hell of a catch. Replay on the field, it was it was ruled an incomplete pass. Replay clearly showed that Jones had both feet down and his hands on the ball. Inbounds. Replay clearly showed that. Anyone could see that. Ruled incomplete. Later on in the drive, Matt Stafford got hurt. So basically, because of the NFL screwing the Lions... Matt Stafford is hurt now. If I am Martha Ford, I am calling the the front office and saying, look, this shit has gone on long enough. I am pulling every financial backing from the league unless we stop getting fucked. Because this is ridiculous. This happens year in and year out from the Lions. Bullshit calls. And now the franchise quarterback is hurt just because officials can't do their job. These officials should not be allowed to officiate again. But we all know that's not going to happen. Because Roger Goodell is a hack. He's all about making money. And he's not going to get in a situation where he punishes the officials. Because that would open the door for other stuff. But what happened yesterday to Detroit was criminal. Was fucking criminal. And then they recovered the onside kick to rule that Killebur was out of bounds. Now, was he out of bounds? Maybe. Replay was inconclusive. You have to go with the call on the field there, which I get, which I understand. That's fine. But the stuff that has me upset is the phantom third down call with the hold. No explanation, nothing. And the pass that was clearly inbounds, clearly completed, and somehow ruled incomplete. I really don't understand what is the point of having replay if you're going to get it wrong when replay clearly shows that the player wasn't bounced. There's no point, and it's embarrassing to the league. And like I said, this is going to happen in the Super Bowl because the officials are so bad at their jobs. So bad. And it always benefits the same teams too, which I always find comical. The Packers are, they get, year after year, the Packers lead the league in calls that benefit them. And the Lions are always last in the league when calls go against them. So, 
But the Lions do need to improve their back four. Definitely in the draft, they should go all defensive help in terms of the Packers. Rodgers is Roger. Great, great. You know, they're running the ball. Offensive line is playing a little bit better. I still question their defense and their ability to get stops moving forward in their quest to try to win the Super Bowl. Next game, the truth led the Bears to a 36-7 victory. When you're part of my guys, I sent a DFS package, and we were all in on the truth, and he delivered. Truth won me some money in DFS. I can't really complain. And this was a flat spot, let's face it, for the Texans. They came out, and they just couldn't get anything going. They have no wide receivers. Watson got banged up. Texans, everyone wants to say the Texans is a job to get. I'm telling you guys. I don't know if I'd want to take this job just because the window is so short to win in the NFL and the Texans have a million draft picks that are going to the Dolphins. So I really don't know if I'd want to take this job. They have no weapons and aging running back defense is a nightmare. You have J.J. Watts, huge contract. You're going to have to move J.J. Watt. But at this point in his career, is anyone really going to want to trade for fucking J.J. Watt? No, unless it's like a fifth round pick. I mean, that's what I put the return on investment of J.J. Watt, a fifth-round pick. If you trade more than a fifth-round pick, you're a lunatic. Next game, Titans 31, Jags 10. Uh, dude, Jags just shit the bed. I mean, Jags forced some turnover. Jags were turned over. I really thought that the Jags were going to be able to pass on this Titans defense, which is ranked 26 against the run, and the Jags have some young playmakers on the outside, but Glennon just wasn't able to find his spots. He got replaced by Gardner Minshew. That means we have a couple more weeks of Minshew mania before the Jaguars move on to a franchise quarterback in the next draft. In terms of the Titans, guys, the Titans, I mean, they got A.J. Brown, who... Let's face it, unfortunately, he seems to be getting hurt a lot, like Julio Jones, whose jersey he was wearing before the game. And the offense just runs through Derrick Henry. With those guys kicking, they're going to be able to put up some points and can stay in most games, but I really don't trust the defense and the offensive line, especially with the injuries and the suspensions that are forcing Johnny Smith to stand and block more. And at the end of the day, do you guys really trust Ryan Tannehill to make plays? Because I I don't. So, But I'll give them credit. They're winning games that they shouldn't be winning. Not this game, but games before. And, you know, they're in a position to do some damage. Next game, Broncos 32, Panthers 27. I will give the Broncos credit. I really thought the Broncos were going to go into this game and they were going to lay an egg, especially with how young the roster is, how immature Drew Locke is, and how bad their coaching staff is. Locke looked good, 280 yards, four TDs. Melvin Gordon, 13 for 68. Phillip Lindsay, 11 for 24. Hamler, Two for 86, two tutties, Judy two for 42, Patrick three for 36, one tutty. Broncos are in an interesting situation. Are they going to keep Locke or move on for Locke? And I've been the biggest Locke supporter, but after the whole thing happened with him not wearing a mask and him being suspended for not being suspended, being on the COVID list for that game against the Saints, a leader doesn't put his team in jeopardy. So that has forced me, unfortunately, to move off with Locke because I like Locke. I think Locke is a way better passer than Tua. And if you put those guys side by side, you can clearly see that. But bad decisions have made me move off of Locke. In terms of the Panthers, I mean, they had nobody. Nobody. They were, they were missing a lot of guys due to COVID. Teddy, 283, sacked four times. Davis, 11 for 51, two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, 8 for 84. Curtis Samuel, 7 for 68. So in terms of the Panthers, they did a great job last draft addressing their needs on the offensive line. Now they need to move on and 
No, excuse me, addressing on the defense. Now they need to address the offense. They need to get an offensive line. They need to decide if Teddy's the guy moving forward. I personally am not a Teddy Bridgewater guy. I think they need to move on from Teddy and get somebody else to play quarterback. But I'll be honest, guys, like this draft class coming out, I know everyone's hyping him, but I really don't know if I'm that high on everybody in this class. Zach Wilson from BYU, eh. Justin Fields, eh. And the more and more and more I watch film of Trevor Lawrence, I'm seeing holes in his game. So I really don't know if this class is going to be what everyone is hyping it up to be moving forward. And I do have to do a little bit more evaluation, but definitely the Panthers need to address the offensive line. I would adjust the offensive line if I were a Packers, get a playmaking tight end or at least a better tight end than Logan Thomas. And then you got to decide what McCaffrey's going to do. McCaffrey is carry the ball a lot before going up this year. So him getting banged up, you could kind of tell was only a matter of time. So hopefully he gets back on the field. Next game, Cowboys, Andy Dolan revenge game, 30-7 to over the Bengals. The one thing that stuck out for me of this is I've always been a proponent of not playing the running back, the running back position. And with how Zeke has struggled this year, it kind of backs that up. You know, you don't want to pay a running back because then you'll be depleted at other positions, and that's what's happening to the Cowboys. You know, they're very top-heavy with Cooper. They're going to have to pay Prescott. They played Elliott, and now their offensive line is taking a step back. Defense is taking a step back because they just can't afford the players. And Elliott's just not hitting the hole like he used to. He's not being explosive as he used to. He looks like an old running back. He's getting touches. He's just not being able to produce. And this was a primo matchup for him. In my base four of guys... He was in all all lineups. And if he did anything that he was capable of in years past, he would have balled out in the spot. And the fact he didn't has me worrisome about his long-term success in the NFL. In terms of the Bengals, I mean, guys, they they have a lot of young guys. Like I said on the Geno Bacala podcast, they have a lot of young guys. They're going to compete hard for Taylor. But at the end of the day, you know, they just, without Burrow, they're nothing. So, you know, they'll finish out the season, hopefully draft another lineman, protect Burrow, and then next year they're going to be competitive for a, for a playoff spot. And the following year they're going to win the North. Moving on, Chiefs 33, Dolphins 27. Like I said, the, this this spot screamed to play the Chiefs. It did. It truly did scream to play the Chiefs. But I just couldn't do it. Uh, excuse me, scream to play the Dolphins. But I just couldn't do it just because I don't trust Tua. And if you guys watched the game yesterday, Mahomes had, what, three passes that were tipped that gave the Dolphins great field position. And Tua, yeah, he made some throws. He threw for 300 yards. But this Chiefs defense isn't that good. You can be thrown on, which Derek Carr has shown. And if you guys saw the passes from Tua, it's not like they were great passes. He threw one in triple coverage. Gusecki made went up and made a play. Great play by Gusecki. Awful pass, awful decision for Tua to throw there. I mean, that's what it is. That that was what it is. Great play by Desecki, awful pass by Tua. And that is the situation that the Dolphins are in now. They're tied to Tua. And since they're playing him and they're doing good and they'll probably they're not there's no way they're gonna make the playoffs with Tua. But anyway, since he is having success, it's gonna be hard to move off of him. The fan base and especially the owner, you guys are tied to Tua. And that's not going to be good for your team long-term success. Chiefs of the Chiefs. Kelsey, oh my God. 
I'm going to be working on an article where it says fantasy mistakes, and one of them is not going to be drafting Kelsey and understanding you have to hit the tight end position and understand Kelsey is basically a wide receiver one. That's going to, I'm working on that article right now. Chiefs, I mean, offensively with Mahomes and all those weapons, they're just doing good. But I don't know if you guys saw this toward the end of the game, they needed to run and get some first downs. And Edwards Hilaire is just not able to run in between the tackles. In a close game, when you need to be able to run the ball, if you have Ed, Kyle Edwards Hilaire in there, he's not going to be able to move the chains. He's not going to be able to run the fucking ball and get the first down in between the tackles. And that's going to be the one thing that hurts this Chiefs team moving forward. But when you have Mahomes, how many real close games are you going to be in? Eh, I don't know, especially in the AFC. Like right now in the AFC, the only team I could realistically see being the Chiefs is the Colts. And that's it. Steelers are in a shit ton of trouble right now, but we'll get to them later. Cardinals 26, Giants 7. Very disappointing effort from the Giants. Giants weren't able to get the offense going. Just weren't able to get any rhythm with Daniel Jones back under center. And I will be honest, after that big game, and Jones obviously still not 100%, they probably should have started Colt McCoy against this Cardinals defense. Cardinals, Murray didn't look great. I mean, they had how many opportunities in the red zone before they finally got a touchdown? The Giants lost this game more than the Cardinals won. Murray still has some issues with his arm, you know, his shoulder throwing arm. That's why he's not being able to throw it, and he doesn't want to run as much because he doesn't want to take any hits. Cardinals have some injuries up front, so I wouldn't read too much into this game for the Cardinals. You know, they got a get-well spot beating the Giants and took advantage of some awful Giants turnovers. Next game, whew. Vikings 14, Buccaneers 26. This one hurt. We had the Vikings plus seven and the money line. Vikings got off to an early 7-0 lead. Dan Bailey missed the extra point. Dan Bailey missed the field goal. Next thing you know, it's 7-6. You can't leave points on the board. And the fact that Dan Bailey is out there was so frustrating. And then the Falcons... Falcons. The Vikings drove down, attempted a 54-yarder. He missed it. So with that coaching decision, I don't know if I would have any faith in my kicker kicking a 54-yard field goal attempt after he's missed an extra point in a chip shot. I just would have putted him and pinned him back. And I get it. You know, you have an inexperienced defense and a banged-up secondary. But you can't have faith in your kicker when he does that and he should be cut immediately he ended up missing three field goals and one extra point that's 10 points 10 points and if they would have got up to that 10-0 lead this game play this game would have played out totally different i know that and everyone should know that and the fact that dan bailey single-handedly cost the vikings this game and he hasn't been cut yet is amazing to me is utterly amazing to me because if you look at this, look at look at the box score. Watch the game. Look at the box score and tell me which team played better, which team dominated the other team. It was the Vikings. But you know, ten points left off the board is ten points left off the board. Bailey should be cut immediately. Immediately, no questions asked. Bucks Bucks are still a bluff. Like run defense that was so good at the beginning of the year. Vera got hurt. Now their run defense isn't the same. That's facts. A little banged up in the secondary, so Cousins was able to take advantage of that. Offensively, there's you know they're still just not clicking ever since they added AB, and I'm not going to put too much value in them putting up 26 points against the depleted, depleted Vikings back back four. 
Next game, Colts 44, Raiders 27. Like I said, congratulations to Frank Wright, who finally is figuring out Jonathan Taylor is a volume running back. 20 rushes, 150 yards, two TDs. T.Y. at 5 for 86, two TDs. Michael Pittman, 2 for 42. After the game, the Raiders fire their defensive coordinator. This game, I expected a little bit more scoring game low scoring game just because this is an important game for both teams i expect them playing a little closer to the vet chess but you know they both aired it out colts kept pace with the titans in the afc south titans do hold a tiebreaker over them so i mean every game for them is just you know they're just competing right now and just trying to like go back and forth with them. Colts Colts are a dangerous team, guys. When their defense is clicking, offense is clicking, they are a dangerous team, and I really think they're the team that could beat the Chiefs and get to the Super Bowl. Raiders, uh, you know, the thing with the Raiders is this. They're just such an up-and-down team, and Josh Jacobs, his career is being short just because Gruden is just feeding, running him so much, kind of like he did to Cadillac Williams. Back in the day, Derek Carr, I mean, is Derek Carr really going to be a guy that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl? No. So, I mean, Raiders are just going to kind of be a middle-of-the-tier team for a while now until they get that game-changing type player. And I don't see them having it. I think they really whiffed on the draft last year. I mean, Henry Ruggs, when Jerry Judy's there, come on. But, you know, they're going to be a team, finish one game out of the playoffs, and they're just... They're kind of like the Charlotte Hornets, a team that will compete for that final playoff spot and be content with getting it in. But they're not going to be winning anything anytime soon. Next game, Seattle, 40, Jets, 3. I mean, I couldn't back either one of these teams just because I don't trust either one of these defenses or coaching staffs. Sam Darnold, 14 for 26, 132 yards. He threw for 132 yards against the one of the worst defenses in the league, and yet there's still people blowing up my DMs saying that Sam Darnold is a legit NFL quarterback. I mean, Jesus Christ, what are you guys watching? It just blows my mind that people think that. Wow. Um, Russell Wilson, 21 for 27, 206. DK Metcalf, 6 for 61, 1 TD. Just a get well spot for Seattle. Seattle never was really in trouble with any of this stuff. So, I mean, you can't really take much of this game. Falcons 17 to 20, Chargers being the Chargers. I mean, they're this team made so many mistakes. And Anthony Lynn came out and he said, Hey guys, I'm taking over the special team, so you can be more and more crisp. End of the first half, miscommunication about who's supposed to be on the field, don't get the field goal off. That's Anthony Lynn coaching right there. And the Chargers, like I've said numerous times, have way too much talent to be, what are they, four and eight now? Way too much talent. Way, 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 way too much talent. The Falcons. I mean, Jesus. That game, the Falcons got the pick. Matt Ryan gave it right back. Matt Ryan, oh my God, he's been awful this year, especially when Julio doesn't play. And I was really high on him, second year in the system, but, you know, is what it is. They definitely got to move on from Ryan and start all over. I would look to trade Ryan to whatever franchise you could, maybe the 49ers, just saying. So, yeah, that was. And I thought that game was going to play out a little bit more. But it goes back to, like I'm saying, my girl, Allie, asked me, when two bad teams play, what do you do? I always take the team getting the points. 
and I should have took I should have took the Chargers here, but I just couldn't do it with what happened last week. And I really thought they were going to quit on Lynn. You know, twenty seventeen. Next game, Eagles twenty four, Saints twenty one. Hit we hit the plus seven and the money line. You know, one of our best calls of the week. Eagles with their banged up offensive line is just going to they need a RPO quarterback or running quarterback and that's what Hurts is. And Taysom Hill, I still don't trust Taysom Hill at all. He made and on the replays they were making all these hypes about that one through through to Cook. That was such a bad pass. Such a fucking bad pass, but Cook made a great play. And the fact that he's out there is just mind-boggling to me. Like I said, Miles Sanders will be more efficient in the run game with Jalen Hurts in the RPO action, which he was. Eagles now, they travel out to the Cardinals. That's a very interesting game, and we may be on the Eagles in that spot. Next game, Washington 23, San Francisco 15. Washington's that team. Great defense, shitty offense, but you do not want to play him in the playoffs. Chase Young is a motherfucking man-child out there. All over the place, wreaking havoc. God, I wish the Lions would have got him, but unfortunately they didn't. He just game-changing type player. Washington definitely needs a quarterback. If I'm Washington, I would look to trade for a Wentz, a Ryan, and much as it pains to hurt me, a Stafford, one of those veteran-type quarterbacks that can take this team over the hump. I really don't think any of the quarterbacks coming out, like I said, are that good and are going to transcend teams as other people do. But this defense is legit. And then in the draft, attack the offensive line. That's what I would do for them. San Francisco is a nightmare. And where's that dude who told me I was wrong and Jimmy Garoppolo was a transcendent type talent? Where's that guy? I know Garoppolo didn't play, but he looked bad when he played. Nick Mullins looks bad. I mean, this offense looks bad. Looks very, very bad. And defense, I mean, the, uh, the it it's weird because... You look at the box score and you say to yourself, oh, okay, the 49ers gave up 23 points to the Washington football game. But when you look at the box score, Washington did not score an offensive touchdown. And it's just mind-boggling to me. If San Francisco had any offense, they would have won that game. And Washington, like I said, is that team you don't want to be at play. Bills 26-15 over the Steelers. Oh, my God. Steelers, 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 Steelers. Steelers are just falling off. They are completely falling off a cliff right now. And with their offensive line issues, they're not able to establish the run. Buffalo took advantage. Both these teams. I was really high on the Steelers coming in this year, but this the way the offensive line looks and how James Conner is struggling, you completely have to be off those guys now. Completely have to be off those guys now. They're throwing the ball way too much, not establishing the run. Bills, I mean, defense made a couple plays. They had that pick six that at the end of the first half that kind of changed the game and led them to victory. I I know they're 10-3, and three, but I'm still just not high on this team. I don't trust Josh Allen. The defense you can be run on. Their front four can't get to the quarterback. I just, I just don't trust this team. And I trust my eyes and I trust what I see. Call me a stubborn old man, but hey, it is what it is. So that's it for today's show. Got a Monday night game tonight with the Ravens against the Browns. We have one play for that. Going to dive into some props, 
send out to my guys. And then we have some college football. We got one play locked in for college football. So hopefully we look to start this week right last week. Learn from it. Move on. If you guys are interested in a betting membership, shoot me a DM. We'll work something out. Until then, be safe, be well, and I will talk to you guys on Saturday.